Good afternoon and welcome to this meeting for group meditation on the day of the Aquarius full moon, which is exact at 6.28 p.m. this evening. Group meditation in the period of the full moon is recommended as a means of channeling the direct interaction between the sun and the earth, facilitating the more effective distribution of energies. The unobstructed alignment of the earth with the sun means that there is less interference by the, by the lunar forces representative of the past. Alongside the interest in any particular subject or its study, come the biases of the students, limiting or distorting their understanding of any given energy's nature, potential, and scope. For this reason, it is safe to assume that our contact with the energy of Aquarius is not an exception to this rule. In the West, we often assume that one's intellectual understanding and their emotional and or sensory response to what has been recorded or related by others regarding the work with any type of energy equals working with that energy. However, that is no more true than, for example, reading, reading a manual on aeronautics equals building, launching, or piloting a spaceship. Hence, the concepts of the group of mutual benefit, of common good, and of group living so readily associated with Aquarian influence are thought to be grasped and understood, and for that reason integrated in one's experience to one or the other degree. In order to check whether this is true, it might be beneficial to consider the conditions and the necessary steps to, enab to enable one to have such an experience. In regard to group consciousness, we are informed that our natural starting point is mass consciousness and that we have to undergo a long stage of cultivating individual consciousness before group consciousness becomes possible. We are further informed that mass consciousness and group consciousness are much alike, the latter being the higher correspondence of the former, with individual consciousness characterizing a stage when the direction of our living activity and objectives is reversed. So, the first question to consider would be what distinguishes mass living and mass consciousness from group living and group consciousness? An image that readily comes to mind with the word mass is an uncontrollable and mindless mob but such an image and understanding may be an anachronism when we should always try to identify period-specific manifestations of the energy under examination. Today, we may occasionally see people forming a mob, but what we see daily are people regulating themselves and directing their lives according to family, social, class, profession, age, national, region, and period-specific biases. They are most often considered to compose one's identity. They are presented as tradition, customs, heritage, duty, upbringing, manners, habits, best practices, and so on. 
They are established by repetitive movement along the path of least resistance to the point of crystallization in specific, specific forms. And they are reinforced by peer pressure or by defense mechanisms corresponding to trauma inflicted by these same attitudes and practices established usually at early ages, but persisting over time. The issue that emerges is that although we consider ourselves individuals, individual consciousness is not possible when the thought and emotional processes, hence perception, understanding, and consequent action are largely attached to and dictated by constructs like biases. In contrast, these biases constitute precisely the mechanisms through which mass consciousness is actuated, regulated, and perpetuated. It is not perchance that one of the best known phrases in esoteric philosophy and teachings is know thyself, the prime Delphic commandment. A question which follows then is to what extent we really know ourselves and can claim to be individually conscious. Do we know ourselves or do we know numerous commandments originating in our environment, whichever that may be, which we follow automatically and unquestioningly, uh, unquestioningly to ensure our survival, all the while considering that we are acting in favor of the group because we are following the guidelines for the preservation of the form of that lesser group in which we find ourselves and need to operate in. It is logical that a person can be considered individually conscious when they are an individual. Symbolically, the individual emerges under the sign of Leo, the polar opposite of Aquarius, as it is the energy emanating from the life standing behind the former that facilitates the conscious direction of the aspects comprising an individual, the physical etheric, the emotional and mental, and mental nature, for the accomplishment of personal objectives. Words often associated with this stage are selfishness, egocentricity, self-servitude, and others. However, in order to be self-serving, one needs to first be an integrated self and mostly free of the aforementioned biases because biases operate automatically unconsciously and hinder the conscious expression of any true form of individuality or self and consequently of any real self-servitude, egocentricity or selfishness. An integrated personality able to express individual consciousness requires that all aspects of the lower human nature are developed functional and relatively free of the respective biases affecting them. In the writings of Alice Bailey, these biases are cited as emotional and mental glamour and as maya. Much emphasis is placed on the cultivation and development of the intellectual nature because emotional response is considered the starting point in the development of the modern human person. Nevertheless, the subjective influx of light over the past centuries has revealed, for example, with the development of the fields of psychology and sociology, a fundamental imbalance caused by the excessive development of the lower practical mind 
and the simultaneous repression of the emotional, emotional nature, the factor of sensitivity. It has often been seen as evolutionary progress, despite the fact that repression does not equal transcendence, deliverance, or redemption. Rather, it constitutes a defense mechanism or a glamour which serves to perpetuate or justify an existing attitude, stance, viewpoint, or construct which offends a person or a group and whose offensive nature is actually perceived by means of the sensitive faculty. In the past three decades, we have collectively witnessed the revelation of a growing number of imbalances, malpractices, and maladjustments previously condoned as legitimate, even desirable practices and stances on the personal and social level. This trend has been accelerating rapidly since the mid-90s, bringing to our attention more and more existing issues, or reframing existing practices, aspirations, ways of perception and mentalities as problematic and damaging. In many cases, this widespread and rapid development is proving too much for our immature, shielded and underdeveloped or traumatized and repressed personal and collective emotional natures, leading to a stubborn attachment to past, easier and more savory views of ourselves and the world, or to the reinforcement of the defense mechanism as we resort to even more rigid, even more materialistic, even harsher, lower mind-led interactions with our inner and outer environment. Sometimes this process of revelation leads to an honest desire to redeem these imbalances and urges personal and collective action to identify, acknowledge, and heal. This last course of action and manner of response to the crisis and ensuing revelation appears the most promising in the effort to create positively integrated personalities or on the group level to create positively integrated systems. Sadly, one cannot skip the development of any aspect of their lower expression if that is to be useful for the realization of a higher aspect. Plainly, one cannot put new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles. The evolutionary process can only be accelerated, which equals more revelations, more crises, more work to accomplish, more integrations within a narrower time frame. One of our dominant glamours as humanity, the glamour of comfort, translated primarily materially and subsequently emotionally and intellectually, is affecting our perception and handling of the ongoing global transition. We persistently seek to remain or return to some comfort zone, be it a period in time or a status quo, which induces a sense of security and safety before we venture to reform anything that needs to be reformed. Security and safety to other modern buzzwords 
are both associated with the lunar function and with lunar forces, hence with the perpetuation of the familiar, the done, and the known. Having made our home in the lower practical mind, the past that we look to for comfort is the past of our form self, our material enterprises, our ideological structures, and our emotional glamours. For that reason, this safety and security is always sought after in our form past, and it's pursued as something that needs to be re-established in the future, perhaps in a different apparent form, but most definitely of the same essence and inducing a feeling of comfort. This is a myopic view of reality, if a view of reality at all, because our material self is our most limited expression in terms of reach and impact, and the most transient in terms of time. Still, we keep looking to its deeds and its history to set course for the future, to gauge our progress, and to make sense of the happenings of our times. The lower mind being the highest aspect of the personality cannot go beyond integrating and directing itself, the emotional and the physical etheric vehicle. This is indeed a great accomplishment and it creates a wonderful and potent organ to be used in the spheres where we usually dwell. However, at the moment, it seems that the lower minds are running rampant and are being rather harsh masters in their households stifling the right development of sensitivity and abusing the resources of the physical etheric body for their inevitably limited purposes. Before we can talk about group consciousness per se, the evolutionary target that can be accomplished with the aid of the Aquarian energy, we must first seek to achieve right individual integration. The sensitive, knowing, skillful, and effective integration of all aspects of the human nature. Only then there can be a truly new form that can safely house the Aquarian evolutionary drive and be safely used to realize the Aquarian evolutionary purpose. This is a practical enterprise and cannot be facilitate, facilitated by the escapism of aspiration for a life free of material burdens. Our primary goal as humanity is to facilitate the redemption of matter. And in order to do that, we have to be looking towards matter and working in matter, but standing at higher ground. We seem to be reversing the process by standing at lower ground and perpetually looking longingly at that higher ground. Naturally, we stumble much along the way and are not as effective and successful as we could be in getting there, in helping anyone else get there, or in realizing heaven on earth, as is our evolutionary purpose. This latter attitude is a hangover from a previous, now concluded stage, and the faster we get a grip of, of the fact that the energies that facilitated that approach to reality are no longer influencing the planet, the faster and easier our path will become, because we will be able to cooperate with and utilize the energies now present on the planet. They dictate different methods of approach. 
To clarify what these methods of approach could be, it might serve to look at the energetic cocktail represented by Aquarius and its mediators in the solar system with regards to earthly humanity. The sign itself is one of the three mediating the energy of the cosmic concrete mind, which we can assume to reverberate through its microcosmic correspondence by the law of analogy. The outcome of this subtle mental stimulation can already be attested to on the planet now more than ever. Why is it then that energy of such an elevated origin is causing so much apparent strife? It's worth remembering that the manifested outcome of the impact of any energy on matter is determined by the type of matter upon and through which the energy acts. In a microcosmic and familiar example, electricity channeled through metal, wood, paper, or water creates very different phenomena. If we are frustrated with the state of our world and the developments in our world that this energy seems to be bringing forth, we ought to recognize the imperative need to review the state of the material that we are and by extension on and through which Aquarian energy has to work. Further, we may look closer to home within the solar system to the planets that act as focal points for the directed distribution of Aquarian energy in its triple nature. The one most often mentioned is Uranus, the planet mediating Aquarius' physical etheric aspect after merging it with its own quality of ceremonial order. From the perspective of exoteric astrology, Uranus' energy is viewed, is viewed as inducing radical shifts and sudden outbursts, ex explosive happenings and revolutionary change as ushering in the unexpected. For esoteric astrology, it is just the custodian of exactly the energy of ceremonial order. When the physical etheric body and plane is seen as the terminus of all energies that seek material manifestation, then Aquarian energy via Uranus is seeking to affect a physical etheric structure whose organization is determined by the previous impact of Aquarian energy on, subtle, on subtler planes. Uranus' influence is surprising only in so much as we as humanity fail to express our mental understanding and our emotional sensitivity in practice. Then indeed, energy does not find the required channels and is funneled disorderly within our physical reality, energizing constructively whatever can be energized constructively and accelerating the deconstruction of what cannot withstand its current, often resulting in explosive and painful events. These constant and intense crises are the outcome of a fundamental refusal to employ and work towards externalizing a higher order or a method of systemic organization in favor of a familiar and no longer suitable form of systemic organization. Jupiter, is mediating the sensitive aspect of the Aquarian influence merged with its own love wisdom quality, which can unify inducing looseness and right relationships between parts and result in a healthy, vibrant and action-ready whole. It is sorely needed right now for the right development of our collective emotional nature. 
the attitude of tolerance still presented as a desirable emotional objective no longer suffices, nor can it benefit from the full potential of the energy available for emotional development. Tolerance is easily overturned because of its transactional nature, as one hopes to have something of theirs tolerated by tolerating something in the other. Inclusiveness or love enable more permanent beneficial relationships because they imply that one becomes an organic part of a group rather than a neutral element which is tolerated. Love further implicates an intrinsic factor of harmlessness, harmlessness not stemming from one's beneficent act, action or stance within a group, but from the acknowledgement of essential identity between any two individuals or groups and the attainment of the realization that all love is in the end self-love. The moon is seen as mediating the mental aspect of Aquarian influences as a concealing medium for, again, the Uranian influences. The moon's own quality is described as harmony through conflict. As Uranus is distributed in Aquarian influences on two levels, mental and physical etheric, it links, it links them directly. The lunar forces are the perpetuators and carriers of Maya or physical etheric glamour, a prominent outcome of which is materialism or humanity's current attachment to the physical form and the limited understanding of its etheric component. Piscean energy's contact with the physical plane leaned toward creating more beneficent material forms, or at least material forms that were perceived as more suitable to express humanity's aspirational response to Piscean influences. Aquarian energy's contact with the physical plane leans towards sealing the prominence of the etheric forms over the material forms through the strong link that sensitivity can provide between the intellect and the subtle potential of our physical component. The implication of the moon brings to the fore very ancient material habits and attach attachments of the race, which can be redeemed through the energetic cocktail of Aquarian influences, and more specifically by the ability of the human brain to be shaped via the mind when the necessary link of sensitivity has been created and acknowledged, and humanity has begun to master it consciously and apply specifically, as befits a science, the science of the etheric. The collective implication with the science of the etheric is gradually realized as we witness the advances of wireless technology and the expanding understanding and usage of radiation. Sadly, the development of instruments through which humanity comes in contact and seeks to understand and manage the etheric forces is not met with equal progress or vigor when it comes to the development of its intrinsic etheric, magnetic and radiatory abilities, and that's largely due to our desire to escape the physical plane definitively, rather than to establish reliable contact with the subtler planes of our existence and to utilize that contact to transform the physical plane. Sacrifice and service are seen as a means to reach a higher plane and stay there, 
when it is rather clearly put forth in all the esoteric writings of the world that contact with a higher plane is a means rather than an end in itself. Our purpose as humanity is the establishment of the kingdom of heaven on earth rather than the escape to the kingdom of heaven from earth. Aquarius influences and their potential to bring forth the realization of group consciousness involves the establishment of a two-way energetic flow, enabling the expression of consciousness as the form develops into an appropriate vehicle. When this happens, we may witness the subtle spades between the two streams of energy represented in the glyph of Aquarius energized and creating the portal for the direct descent of spirit into matter and the enabling of multidimensional perception by the physical brain, thus reopening to the loving, intellectual, and therefore harmless but effective to the group conscious humanity, the gates to the systemic and cosmic airfield, the etheric plane of relationship. Let us now take a moment to gather our thoughts before we go into meditation using the Aquarius keynote, water of life am I, poured forth for thirsty men. <clears throat> Letting in the light. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them.
alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of the hierarchy. Extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought for Aquarius. Water of life am I poured forth for thirsty men. Water of life am I poured forth for thirsty men.
Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. From Shambhala to hierarchy, the Christ. the new group of world servers, to men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and to physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. We focus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Together, sound the affirmation. In the center of all law, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel.
Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. Distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, and Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race.
from the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream fall into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth from the point of love within the heart of God. Let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you to everyone who has been here with us to meditate uh, on the Aquarius full moon. Our next meeting for group meditation is going to be on the Pisces new moon on Monday, the 20th of February at 6.30 in the evening. And the Pisces festival is on Monday, the 6th March at 6.30 p.m. Thank you very, very much. Have a good day.